Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. It is January 27th, 2023. How's it going, George? It's almost my birthday. Yeah. Three days. Seven days? No, that's wrong. Three days. Three days. For some reason, I yeah. thought it was the thirtieth. Oh yeah, I don't know why. I thought... <laughs> it is the thirtieth. I don't know why. Yeah, the thirtieth and seven days from the twenty seventh. Yeah, seven days from the twenty seventh. So the the thirty fourth. All right. <laughs> so this week, obviously, you guys can see on the screen if you're watching that uh, we have our good friend Joe Caminetti. How you doing, man? Hey guys, it's great to be back. It's I'm great to well. have you back. It's been like two years. I think me and George talked about it. Yeah, it's actually, it's been almost three. Like he was one of our, maybe he was our like seventh guest. I didn't count, but I was looking back. I had to, I listen on Spotify when I listen and I had to like scroll all the way to the almost beginning to, <laughs> to yeah. get that podcast. And uh, so I was listening to it today, this morning. And uh, it was a good podcast. It was, it was. It was a good good get for us. And that was we had right, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. It was right at the height of COVID. Yeah, that was right yeah. at the, the and beginning. I, and and I think at that time you were just stepping into your role. At the time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I'm I have this memory that we had to do it around midnight. Like it was like eleven thirty, but it was back when time didn't matter. You know, because yeah, it what, was what were any time. of us doing anyways? You know, we were all <laughs> completely off on our schedule. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and we it, did a lot of late nights then because that was when we were both working at, and had a house, you know, each had a house full. Yeah. Um, so we had to do it after all the kids went to sleep. Yeah. So it'd be like eight, nine, nine o'clock. And then you're two, you're an hour ahead or two hours ahead from utah it was like i think two, maybe i think maybe yeah too yeah it was so, two hours ahead so that's why utah, it was 11 yeah. something <laughs> right it was it wasn't that late for you guys but no yeah. it was late yeah. for you because i remember you're like oh, i don't know all right yeah i'll do it because <laughs> you're like man that's late and i was like i know i'm sorry man <laughs> well the, the answer was always going to be yes i just had to figure yeah. out what day i could do it so no sure. I'm, I'm glad glad to be back so I guess how how's it been going, man? Like how how did you move? I guess forward from the the COVID times to where you are now and all. Yeah, because you were just it's moving, been... like you were just moving into where you're at now. I think I don't think you even made the move yet, and then yeah. you're doing like yeah. online services. Yeah, yeah, that's that's accurate. Um, we we were at the time, I'm trying to remember what month it was in 2020, but I know that at the very end of 2020, we moved to, uh, it's called Canfield, Ohio, which is about 30 minutes away from our founding campus to, to be, you know, right in the city where our campus, the Boardman campus is. So um, that was a crazy time because um, not only were we going through a pandemic, but before the pandemic started, we knew our campus pastor was going to be moving. So um we, we actually had planned for him to move a lot sooner, and then COVID pushed everything back, probably like it did for most of us, 
It just, mm. uh, it had plans of its own. So right in smack dab in the middle of that summer, we took over. And so it's crazy how fast we're, you know, we're almost at three years removed from all of that, but things have been going really well. I feel like, um, honestly, at this point, it feels like a distant memory. I don't know how you guys feel <laughs> or if it's different where you're at, but, um, I, I wouldn't say that COVID even exists anymore where we're at, uh, which much. is refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I yeah, think that's kind of how it is seeing, here too. Yeah. In Utah. Cause yeah. Well, Jacobs in Alabama, they were a little bit more behind than Utah was, yeah. but I, I go up into Canada. So like Washington and Oregon are really, it was weird. Cause I'd go from Utah and then Idaho, both pretty conservative and not masking up. And then you get into Oregon when it more rural Oregon was like still fine. You know, there's still like wild West, but once you get into more cities, they were like mask up. And then Washington was even worse. Yeah. You know, you'd go in anywhere. They're like, we require masks. And then after a little while, I wasn't allowed to go into Canada anymore because of not being vaccinated. They wanted like, mm. and I'm a truck driver. Like I'm not around other people. I don't even, I don't even really have to like, I mean, besides going in and, and using facilities and fueling up, I really don't see anyone and it's really easy to stay like at least six feet away from people. So when they did that and for like, everybody had to get a vaccine and vaccine passport to go across the border. It's like, I'm not doing that. And my company didn't require it. They're like, we'll just have you go up and relay from Washington, you know, to swap out tanks. Cause there was a couple of guys that were vaccinated that would go, you know, they'd go back across the, uh, back and forth across the border for us um but it was just crazy like just going it was like going from utah where we never really totally locked down to like even our schools opened up before other schools to come into another state that was really locked down and then yeah. my sons were still living in illinois at the time both of them were and that was even more locked down you know talking to friends there they're like it's terrible, you know, so. No doubt. Yeah, I have friends that, uh, people that attend our church, they have family in Canada and they went, I think, two and a half solid years where they could not see their family. And uh, mm -hmm. it was just, it was, it was a really difficult time for them. Very different than here. But yeah, it was quite a, it's been quite a journey to this point, huh? <laughs> for yeah. Sure. So what, what has transpired in your life? What? What are some of the cool things that have happened? What are the hard things? And uh, just yeah. so you know, before you jump into that, I did, the, when you told us about the leadership pain, I bought the book and then bought the audio book. So <laughs> I've read it and then, oh, so cool. And then listened to it. Cause you're like, yeah, my, my dad's in there. And I was like, yeah, what? And so I like, I was like, I gotta, gotta listen to it now. And that, that book, I, I, have you read it? I obviously you might have. I don't know if you just Me? read your dad's part. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and absolutely. and like yeah, I yeah. was like, man, that's so good. Like like all the all the guys yeah. that talked about it, and then uh, I there's some guy yeah. who's from India also in there, and I actually mm. heard him on a podcast recently that he was like, you know how he talks about like, hey, uh, I 
they discouraged us from getting married like him and his wife like they couldn't even talk at the time like mm. because he is indian wow. she is white and he's like uh the school is a christian school uh college that i went to and then he goes years later they asked me hey we need your help will you take will you come help us and he did and then he goes um then they're like hey we want you to be the head guy we want you to be the president of the school and he was like right he's like well the whoever like the principal is whoever that person i forget what they call him he was like yeah like the the dean yeah or the president yeah he actually talked to him and goes hey before i do this are you with me or are you against me and he goes what do you mean he goes because you were fully against me even talking to my now wife that like he goes i don't i need to know if you're gonna be on my side like with when things when things need to change and do all this stuff are you with me or are you not going to be with me? Because if you're not, we we need to split ways right now. <laughs> like, or I won't take this position one or the other. And he goes, I'm a hundred percent with you. I'm sorry. He goes, I, I was like, we made a huge mistake. He goes, we're in that. Cause it was, it was during that time of like when segregation just ended and all that. And so they weren't sure like, cause black people weren't supposed to date white people still, even after everybody was like, Hey, we go to school together and all that. It was still frowned upon like to interracially date. And he was like, I'm sorry. He yeah. goes, we just kind of, we wanted to preserve like the school and all that. And he goes, it was the wrong way to look at it. And we should have been above, above that reproach and all that. And I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> that it went yeah, full that, circle. It's an amazing story that that is the author of the book. His name is Sam Chan and oh, he's okay. an incredible guy. And so that's his story. Yeah, he went. I think he started out maybe in like the maintenance and housekeeping part yeah, of he the was college. A <laughs> and yeah, worked worked his way up to the you know the president of the college. He's got an incredible story, and he's the one that really helped our family walk through some difficult times. And and that's why we were you know one of the featured stories in the book because he he got to know us and walk us through our pain. So I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I, I heard yeah. him talking to Chris Hodges, and that's. I was like, that's the dude. He's from the book. That's the guy. And like, he is so yeah. intelligent. Like he is very humble, but I was like, that dude is super intelligent. And I'm like, I, that's yeah, cool he's, that he he's actually one of the smartest guys. guys. I know that. He's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Actually, he and his wife came to our wedding 15 years ago and they're just oh, wow. like really, really kind people. And he, um, he helped us walk through a lot. So I think that book, it's funny you mentioned that book because I think there could definitely be like um, an amended version with some different, you know, some new chapters of our life that are added as, as I'm sure yeah. um, all of us could, could say, and I'm sure there are going to be many books written about 2020, but I, you asked me, how have things been? I think that um, it's been incredibly hard, but it's been incredibly refining. Yeah. And so um and a lot of it is we're still in process and we're walking through it, but I feel like we're stronger. We're closer to God. Um, we're more like Jesus on the other side of that pain. And so I don't know that I would ask for it like in many ways, although it was very difficult to, um, to have to begin to lead during a pandemic, you know, we'd been in ministry at that point, I think uh, 14 years already. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were new to that, but to be, to lead the whole, a whole church congregation that was new, but I feel like it actually was the best thing that could have happened. It kind of accelerated the trust that people had in us to walk them through a really difficult time. Yeah. And so um, I'm thankful for that. 
That's awesome. And so well, it's cool to be able to be thankful in that. I mean, like the last podcast we did with you, we were talking about toxic thinking. And I think that going through all of that, starting a new campus, moving that, you know, moving and all that could really lead to some toxic thinking, especially going through the, you know, the pandemic there and trying to go, you know, just navigate through that something that you can't even yeah. go you couldn't even go with to someone and go hey how do you do this because nobody else had gone through it before yeah you know right and i i think absolutely what, what what's even like thinking back to that is like um just the ability to be like hey uh the step in there was was like extremely challenging like because like you said, I've never done it, but like thinking of that, like if I were in your shoes, like, Hey God, I, you know what? Like we're good. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just stay at the normal church and not, I don't want to do that. Like this is more comfortable. I could stay here and uh, stay in my comfort zone and they could hire somebody else <laughs> to, to take care of that. But like you guys stepped up yeah. and like, uh, even when it's tough and like when people are thinking of that, like, like you said, redefining and like, um, you're like, it, it's kind of like we're obviously it's like iron sharpens iron and stuff like that. But like, like you, like you get heated up, you get pressed, you get pushed together and like you get stronger, just like when you break a bone, it mends and heals stronger and it, it's tough. It sucked. <laughs> but Like there are moments where you're like, Hey, we had great times. But then they're like, there are some really stinking hard times in this. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So it's been cool to watch what God does. And I, I, you know, the cool thing is he's still, he's still working through it. And so I, I think like what I have seen on the other side of it is maybe like, uh, and I get to talk to a lot of pastors as I'm sure you guys do. And like, I'm seeing kind of some common themes and maybe yeah. some things that were a focus before 2020, we've kind of seen them for what they are and been more willing to, to say, man, I don't know if that needs to be a focus anymore. So it's helped maybe even help us get back to the things that matter the most. And yeah. um, I'm thankful for that. You know, that probably couldn't have happened if it wasn't for pain and uh, in crisis, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I've talked to a few people like just in general, cause I, I doing youth, I'm like a lot of it, you got to get back to basics. <laughs> I was like, People think, oh, well, that's not a big deal. But I'm like, well, in, in anything you do, you need to know the basics and you got to continue doing them. And like, you might think, oh, Jonah and the well is just kind of a basic story. And I'm like, it's not really that basic at all. <laughs> like, if you think about it, it's like, it speaks to our life. And like, I've been reading through like um, the Old Testament and stuff like that. And I'm like, you even look at the, the Israelites and go, gosh, these guys are so dumb. Like, I can't believe how dumb they are. <laughs> You're like, come on guys. God was in a pillar of fire, smoke by day. Like, come on. Like you saw uh, Moses go up on the mountain, do all this stuff. And you're like, sheesh. And you fold your arms, those Israelites. I can't believe it. And then something comes your way and you're like, God, where are you? What the heck? Now I need to do something else. What do I need to do? And then uh, I told my buddies, we're at a Bible study and I go, I realize I'm an Israelite sometimes and go, 
well, where are you, God? Well, I guess I got to figure out things sometimes on my own. And I'm like, and then you go, well, no, God, I need you. Like, you're the only, you're the source of, of all my, all my comfort, all my healing, all my everything. And, uh, yeah, sometimes we get that, that mindset, that toxic thinking that George was talking about where you're like, God, where are you? I guess you're not going to show up for this. I don't know what I'm going to do. And like, you start like, not that I'm like, Oh, let's build an idol, but <laughs> you kind of do in a way of like, <laughs> um, like, God, I guess I'll figure it out. Like, it seems like your time's not working on my timeline, so I'm going to figure it out. And then you go, wait a minute. After I read that, I was like, I do things that the Israelites do, like complaining to God. Oh, God, what am I going to do here? I can't believe it. And God's like, I'm raining bread on you. Like, what do you mean you're hungry? Like, I'm sending you bread and you still yeah. think I'm not going to show up? Like, what's your problem? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great a great way to put it. Yeah, it makes me think of um, you know, the Israelites when they were waiting at the base of the mountain, you know, and Moses went yeah. up to to get the 10 commandments and um, you know, and he you know, he's like, "Hey, BRB," you know, yeah. and he's up there for 40 <laughs> days and they start to get antsy and uh immediately they they go to Aaron and they're like, "Hey, make us gods that can go before us." And you know, then they collect you know, you know the story, they collect all their gold jewelry and he makes this this image Um, of a calf but i think there's always the greatest temptation for us to turn to counterfeits is when we're waiting on god yeah you know they're they're waiting and they're not sure what what is god going to do is god going to move on our behalf and um an idol is just anything we put in the position of what god was originally meant to fill and so um man i think we can we can make idols out of um the media that we listen to we can make idols out of our spouses you know, yeah. uh, like I, I think some of the greatest conflict that I help people work through in their marriages is when they're looking at their husband or their wife to fill a role that only God was intended to fill, you know. And so if you go to your spouse and you look at them as the person that's supposed to be the source of your happiness or your joy, yeah. uh, that might work sometimes, but uh, it, it will it will fall short. And then then there's frustration that builds up because you're asking them to supply something that God was only ever meant to supply. You know, and so that's a beautiful thought. I agree with that. Yeah. And, and like, even thinking of that, like you saying that is like, even I've seen parts of like families where they're like, he's supposed to be my rock. Well, God's supposed to be your rock and your yeah. solid foundation. And right. you as a helpmate should be supporting him and being like, Hey, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to love you. And I know you're going through hard things. So I'm just going to be here for you. And like, uh, I think we lose that sometimes as just a Christian community. Hey, sometimes the the biggest pastor or the the best person that you think is like the most holiest person can have a hard day and you just got to be like, "Hey, I'm here for you. I'm not going to assume mm. that you are my cuz my my god for 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 what is good because God is God." And so um sometimes yeah. we have people in our life that are like man, that person is just so spiritually spot on. And then you see them have a hard day and you're like, can't believe it. And you're like, they're still human. They're not God. <laughs> right. Because people will idolize even their pastors, you know, and I, I've seen that throughout the years where people put their pastor on a pedestal and, you know, like then when they fall or even, even if they don't fall, even if they have a bad day, and they 
you know, look at them like they're a complete failure. And then, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the church. It's like, well, is that what God wants you to do? Are you idolizing your pastor? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, man, pastors, especially they're really all that your life is, is helping people walk through problems. And if you're not filling up and if you don't have a relationship with God to stand on, then you're running on empty. And that's where pastors, I think, um, I don't know what the statistic currently is, but um, every month, thousands of pastors are leaving ministry. And that stat like multiplied and accelerated through the pandemic. And I think it was because a lot of pastors had an existential crisis uh, mm-hmm. because for them, really the only way that they could measure if they were successful was how many people could I get to gather into a room for an hour on a Sunday. And when that was taken from them during the pandemic, like I think pastors can fool themselves with full rooms, you know, and um, we can like as a pastor, I think what I have had to remind myself of and maybe rediscover and it sounds so obvious, but uh, that my number one goal is not just to have a gathering on a Sunday. My number one goal is to develop disciples, you know, followers of Jesus. And, and is gathering a component of that? Absolutely. It's Hebrews 10, 25 commands it. Um, but I think so many pastors, when that, uh, when the ability to gather was taken away, they didn't even know how to measure if they were doing, if they were successful. And so it's, I, I think like, even um, when it comes to uh pastor having like a healthy view of what they're doing and what, what they absolutely can't do because only God can do that. Um, that's so important. Right. And I think it's unfortunate that, you know, pastors do have to go, you know, it's like they have to go through that, um, you know, going through the pandemic and, and seeing some churches just close. That's kind of, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking because like you said, they didn't, they're measuring their worth on looking at out at a congregation and really that's, you know, it's really not what it should be, you know, and then, and then how do they go to someone, you know, go to another pastor maybe and, and talk things through and talk about their issues or problems. I feel like some, you know, pastors a lot of times feel like they can't, they don't have anyone to talk to. And then through the whole pandemic, like I was saying before, it's like nobody ever went through that before. So how do you even gauge it? You know, you can't even, you know, you can't go look at another ministry online and say, well, how did they go through this before? Because everybody was doing it at the same time, you know, and like I, we were talking on the last podcast, right at the beginning of this, I watched a sermon of yours and like you talk with your hands a lot, but you, (laughs) you went watching that was like, Oh, this guy's preaching in a box, you know, and, and not, not saying anything against you, but you could tell that you're a very like, um, demonstrative person. You know, you talk with your hands, you move around on, you know, on the platform. So when you're just in that square, it's like, you gotta, you gotta shift your thinking and who am I really (laughs) talking to? And I can't be my normal self because i'm in this like i think you i think listening to it again today you're like 
I'm in a six foot box that I can't go off out of. And that kind of, you know, limits your style, your personality. So is it everything coming across on the screen as you think it should be, you know, and hopefully you're getting your message across. I mean, I, I thought it was good talking about the church being wild and getting back into the wild, <laughs> you know, <laughs> getting out of the four walls and being the church, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm very uh, Italian. So I, <laughs> I definitely speak just as much with my eyebrows right. and my hands as I do with my, uh, with my voice. So. So Caminetti, that's Italian. I would have never guessed. <laughs> just a little bit. Only, <laughs> just, just, just a little a, bit. <laughs> only 10%. Actually, um, we, we, um, and I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, that, that time was unique, especially because everything was, was video. So, um, you know, yeah, we were, there was nobody in the room, which was the other super weird and awkward thing. There were like five people from our team in the room. And yeah. then you, you're talking to people, you know, you have no clue how far those messages would travel um, after you, you preach them. Um, so I'm thankful that now I can get outside of my six foot box. That's nice. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, as far as the Italian thing, it's funny what my parents had the ability on ancestry to, to, you know, do their DNA. And my, there was always this funny kind of back and forth. My mom and dad would have about who was more Italian and my dad was always <laughs> convinced it was him, you know? And so we got the ancestry uh, report back and wouldn't you know it, my mom by percentage is like way more Italian than my dad. And like, it just <laughs> ate him alive. That's like, funny. He, uh, I think he's demanding a recount to this day. So he's, he's like, hoping they well, overturn maybe, the results. Maybe we mixed him up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and nobody really knows that you guys are in Ohio because your past family members were in the witness protection program. Oh, was that not supposed that's to say a, that? No. That's actually how. <laughs> George. Yeah. That's actually how we got here. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it's up here where we are. It is so, um, it's like Italian, Greek, and then, you know, a lot of other ethnicities, but those two in particular, a lot of immigrants came here because of the steel factories that were really big in the, you know, 30s, 40s. Youngstown yeah. is right in between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So yeah. we were like this perfect kind of stop in the middle uh, to, to transport steel. And so there's all kind of, I'll tell you what, we are like the, like the pizza capital of America. Like you can, per capita, you can find more hometown, like home, homemade pizza. That is like the best pizza you've ever had here in, in the Youngstown area. So if you ever come, come visit, we'll, we'll treat you in and uh, give you a taste we we had That's i had pizza up there one time like near there and it was yeah. really good but like yes yeah. like southern ohio their food sucked i'll tell you that like, i was like thinking about it the other day i was like i have never had more bland food than i did in ohio <laughs> like from from certain pizza places and stuff like that i was like where's your seasoning like it was like straight up tomato sauce so you're like that that's looks, funny that, that, that's like a hunt and, wh and what city remind me jacob what city did you live in in ohio where was, I was it i was in st clairsville near willie okay. west virginia so i was like gotcha just a few yeah. hours up it's like way better a few hours down well, you're no good <laughs> and i didn't want to say anything but the closer you get to west virginia you know 
Yeah, that's probably it, you know. <laughs> it's like I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. West I mean, Virginia. But I, great. I moved from I moved from Chicago to Utah and talk about bland food. I mean, they're like Utah's known like Whoa. their foods are like scones. <laughs> Shots fired. And uh fry sauce. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like and it's not for lack of trying. But I can't, you know, I haven't really found a good, you know, food. Pizza's horrible. Do not, you know, like when Little Caesars is the best you can get, it's pretty bad. That's funny. Well, and and as somebody that, you know, my we probably talked about this last time. My mom grew up in Chicago. So um, yeah. you're, you're, you're going to have a hard time being happy with uh, food anywhere else in the world if you come from there. <laughs> It's true. Well, it, wait a minute. Really yeah, true. The the Mexican food there in Utah is pretty spot on. It's pretty good. Oh yeah. Even Cafe well, you're, Rio you're... is real good. It it's That's, all right. And oh you no, no, George. No, it's, no, no, it, it, There's definitely better Mexican food in Chicago. No there's way. definitely a lot more Mexicans. No. Oh yeah. Go to go oh, to yeah. New Mexico and then talk to me. Go to New Mexico and talk to me. Uh, I'm well, saying I'll, better I'll, than, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll change states on you. Go to New Mexico. I'm saying talk. better than <laughs> I'm saying better than Utah, but not like, better than New Mexico. The, I don't know. I don't the, see the town that I w- lived in last no, in, in Illinois. <laughs> even the town I grew up in, like we had in just the town that I lived in, we had we're going to meet George four, here in a second. He's he's four Mexican <sighs> four Mexican restaurants. All these heresies you know? he's speaking, or four no four Mexican grocery stores, <laughs> and then you had the little taquerias and mom and pop places. And then, I mean, I'm sure, you know, New Mexico is probably great for Mexican food because they got the New Mexicans there. But correct. correct. <laughs> so, Joe, we, while, you, while you've been uh, pastoring for the last three years, uh, like a head pastor of a church, how, how has it been doing like, because you're, are you, are you preaching every Sunday or? Is it like a satellite church where you preach sometimes and then it's on the screen with your dad or how's that work? Yeah, it's, it's like that. So it's not a, it's not every Sunday. I think um, what, you know, the, the plan ultimately in, in the years to come is that we'll lead, you know, we'll lead the church as my parents step into the founding pastor role. We don't have yeah. like a specific date picked for that, but we are turning this year 40 as a church. So we're, yeah. we're kind of wow, actually going cool. through this. Yeah. We're going through this whole process right now of um, reworking our core values and our vision for the next 10 years and rebranding and just a lot of fun stuff. And, um, but yeah, it's been great. Honestly, um, I love preaching and I get to do it often at different places. Um, but you know, I'm doing more and more of that and it's a little bit of a yeah. mix. So like I might preach live once a month here at Boardman and then the other three weeks would be from our Warren campus. We'll, We'll have the video uh, yeah. live streamed here, but I think what I love about that is that it really does give me a lot of ability to pastor people, you know, and to shepherd yeah. them. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not super worried about uh, what I'm preaching every week, which is a huge load and uh, will yeah. come eventually. But I'm able to like grab coffees with people and do connect groups and and just be That's be awesome. in the mix in a way that sometimes you can't be. Uh, yeah. So I'm kind of enjoying this season while I can before yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm in the next one oh, that's yeah. cool well one of the things i thought is cool is that like um 
your pa- your church is turning 40. The church I'm at is turning 40. And my pastor does know your dad. Because <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Did you check like, with him? Yeah, I was like, do you know Joe Caminetti? And he goes, uh, is he in like Warren, Ohio? And I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, I know him. And he's like, he was on the, they were both on the board at the same time and everything for Raymond. So I was like. That's awesome. I, your dad still is though, right? He he is not. He was oh. um, a director for their for the for RMAI for Your 15 region, years. Right? Yeah, yeah, and he so it was like the you know the Heartland region is what they called it. Um, yeah. He hasn't for years. He, we we love that. He's just he hasn't either. Got too busy. Yeah, gotcha. That, I yeah. I feel like I was like I wonder if they both stopped around the same time because like it it is interesting Possible. how they're hitting like the same marks at the same time. I I don't know. It just is. It, it, I'm like that is so cool that like seeing two two pastors that have been doing it for 40 years and like when you told me that i was like that is so cool they're both hitting this year like hey this is our 40 year mark in ministry and at this church yeah so that's really neat no no that's um it really is cool and i'm and i'm i'm so thankful for my parents and they're you know um they're not slowing down so that's the cool thing um like, you know, I, they don't strike me as the kind of people that are going to go retire to Florida. Um, nothing against <laughs> those people. But um, yeah. but they have they have been really strategic, strategic and handing it to the next generation. So my dad is is diminishing his his role. He's gotten actually more and more um, influence in, in just local things like our chamber of commerce. And just, you know, yeah. when you're in an area for 40 years, you start to have an influence outside of even like the church that you're in. So I, th- I see more of that in the next season. And that's a really cool thing because then you can start to really make a difference. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about it, that's church in the wild outside yeah. of the four yeah. walls of the church. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's cool that you can, that, I mean, 40 years at the same church and being a founding, you know, pastor of the church is kind of, it's kind of unheard of. I mean, so both of you haven't pastor you know while your dad being the pastor there for 40 years and jacob your pastor being at that church for 40 years is really that is an incredible milestone and churches some churches that do last that long it's not like they're growing like your church joe is is growing you have a satellite church so um you might see a pastor that's been around for 40 years but uh the congregation is just as old as as the pastor is and um and they're not getting any new people in they're not growing anymore so there's kind of you know a stagnant church but to have you know be 40 years in and growing and thriving and and looking you know for fresh vision for your next steps that's that's really exciting that's really yeah I commend you for and your and your dad for having that longevity because really um and I'm sure going through the pandemic was probably really hard on on all of you, especially after going for so long and then kind of coming to like an abrupt stop there. Um but how how long were you guys doing your services online or, or not, not meeting in the, in the church. I think I blacked that out of my memory. I am, I'm trying to remember. (laughs) I think it was, no, it was probably a good three months. I think, you know, start to finish it. It went longer than we wanted it to. And then I think um, we went back 
in, I think we, we returned in like June of 2020 and, and it was like, you know, right around, yeah, that right around March. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. About three and a half months. And then we, we made it all the way through to the end of the year. And then we had that, I don't know if you guys had the same thing, but there was like a second wave of COVID outbreaks that Christmas. And so um, we ended up going back online for, I think maybe two weeks or something like like that. And then we came back for good. Um, And so, yeah, it was, oh, that was, that was, it felt like we had so many false starts, you know, and then every state was different. So in Ohio, we had a governor that was pretty cooperative and he wasn't, um, he wasn't like asserting himself in trying to control people gathering, but then it was just the dynamics of there was, there were so many opinions on both sides and everything was then politicized. And so um, we spent a lot of time um, in, especially during that election season and the ramp up there, we did a a series called the kingdom. And we just tried to remind people that, um, you know, we don't belong first to a political party. Um, We follow the person of Jesus Christ, you know? And so it's like, I, I, uh, I remember doing a post and I was just talking about how it's not, we're not on red team or blue team, red and blue together is purple. That's, that's royalty. We're part of the kingdom of God, you know? And so um, I think like there was a lot of, there were a lot of people that were just hurting and scared, you know? And um, so anyways, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. (laughs) Only I I guess uh, the main thing I'm saying is there was like, I think there's been like a realignment of like, Hey, there's the world's way. um, But then there's the Jesus way and it's separate altogether. We're actually about to do a series called the way. And we're talking about, um, you know, what the church was called before it was ever called the church, which came much later, it was just called the way. And um, man, what, what a beautiful picture of really what all of us are doing. We're kind of saying, Hey, like there's a way that the world says is right. And then there's like the way the truth and the life. And and that's where true lasting freedom and change comes. Amen. Got me preaching. (laughs) No, that's really cool. Cause I mean, and I like that, you know, you're, you're calling it the way you're doing the, you're doing a series called the way yeah i feel like we should make it mandalorian themed you know yeah (laughs) that'd be cool (laughs) the but um i just i feel like there's gonna be another um another awakening another like great revival through the church you know and like and and uh through denominations and I think the one in the seventies that happened, there was a lot of people that were, you know, calling it the way we're following the way. So to hear you um, say that that's, you know, and I wasn't around, I mean, I was around in the seventies, but I didn't know anything about the revival and, you know, the great awakening going on at the time, but um, there's a lot of Jesus people movement. I mean, I'm sure your dad knows a lot about that. Um, Oh yeah. So I, I think that's, it's exciting, you know, because um, at our church, we've been going through Ecclesiastes and talking about there's nothing new under the sun and how, you know, God's always had it all. So, you know, and you're like, it's, we're, we're doing a series called The Way. And I'm like, oh, that, you know, that makes me, rem- you know, remember things I heard about The Way. And there was even... um I think it was like the, the the living Bible translation. I don't know which translation. I think it was living or 
you know, Bible, but it was called the way, you know, and I like it had uh, yeah. the cover on it was said the way. And then it was people of all different, you know, whatever different, you know, yeah. ethnic backgrounds and everything and the little like picture scheme of it. So I don't know. You, yeah. you just gave me a weird flashback. That's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and I think, uh, man, if, if the church maybe like in America is guilty of anything and I'm not, I, 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 you have to be careful anytime you paint the whole church with a broad brush, but um, right. by and by and large, it feels like we had kind of a movement where um, in the early 2000s and mid 2000s, people were like, hey, the church is kind of irrelevant. We're, we're not answering questions that anybody's even asking, and it looks old and stale and, re- and almost religious. And so I think there was a huge swing to that word relevant, you know, of like, how are we mm-hmm. relating to people? But then I think um, with that, it's almost like when you're on, you know, you're in the wrong lane with your yeah. car and you realize that you're in the wrong lane and you swerve back over and then you almost go in the ditch over here and it takes a little bit of time to like regulate and get right back to the center, you know, right back to to where you need to be. And so I think there was almost an overcorrection with that relevant thing and um, to the, to the neglect of um, holiness and purity Mm -hmm. and the things that are important to God that matter to God. Um, And so I think there's just like this good old fashioned thing happening of like, Hey, um, yeah, it's like one, it's, it is the, the original idea of like, we can try it our way or we could do it his way. You know, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so I, I see, it's interesting. You said the Jesus people movement, and you could go way further than that and look at some of the great awakenings. And, Mm -hmm. you know, every time there was a, a move of God, it always came on the heels of a crisis. So even going yeah. back to like this, the Spanish flu, you know, in the early 1900s, what, it, what would that have been 1917 or 1916? Yeah. Um, there, there were, there were powerful moves of God that would come as a result of that. Um, the Jesus people movement that was right during the Vietnam crisis and Woodstock yeah. and, and all of this, you know, the, the world was trying to say, let's try it this way. And God's like, no, no, no. Um, and it actually walking through that made, it actually heightened people's hunger for the real thing. So that's mm-hmm. my, that's my prayer. I sense God's doing that, that we have seen, yeah. um, the world has, has, um, been looking for satisfaction and fulfillment through a really difficult time. And I think they're going to come to the dead end of their desires and what they think will bring them peace. And I think there's going to be another move of God that we're going to write about in history books. So I I'm with you on that. That's what I'm honestly, what I'm hungry for in our church is for it to look a little bit less like, you know, um, modern church culture which becomes a, a subculture unto itself sometimes and yeah. a little bit more like acts chapter two you know that's yeah. my prayer. yeah what, what I, I think it's i'm sorry go ahead what i've seen lately is uh even even in pastors that i i follow and stuff like that that there i mean like one of the most interesting things that i heard a pastor say he's like some people think we have a mega church and he goes he goes literally in the scheme of things, we do not have a mega church. <laughs> he goes, the church is outside of these walls. And he goes, that's a mega church with everybody combined doing chasing after Jesus, telling people about Jesus. That's the mega mm. church. He goes, but like he goes, I, I don't even know. They might have like a thousand people a week because they have like five services on Sunday and like two on Saturday, whatever. And he goes, 
I never want to be defined as a mega church and I never want to be defined as um, forgetting to preach the gospel and the Bible and talking about things that mega churches, quote unquote, mega churches don't talk about. And he goes, I'm not saying all of them don't, or I'm not dissing any of them. He just was like, um, because he was like, he's like, I was praying and uh, like, this was a cool part for me is like, and seeing like how God is changing uh, different people's hearts in this. And he was like, I was praying and all of a sudden I start speaking in a different language. And he goes, I'm sitting there praying in tongues. And he goes, what? He goes, I'm a, I'm an old time Baptist before he goes, he goes, we, we didn't like really believe that. And he goes, I'm praying in tongues. And he goes, and I feel so edified. And he goes, I get my Bible and read it. And he goes, it edifies your soul. And he's like, Oh my gosh. He goes, this is real. I never, he goes, I've heard of it. He goes, I really didn't know what to think of it. And he, and like, he goes, I don't care if I lose all of you or half of you right now, because you're upset that I just said, I spoke in tongues. And he goes, it's true. It's in the Bible. He goes, it's there. You can read it. He's like, he goes, I spoke in tongues. And so we're going to talk about the Holy spirit. He goes, that's something that a lot of us aren't talking about is what the mm. Holy spirit can do. And, uh, he goes, I'm not going to ever try to give you a mamby pamby like <laughs> sermon. And he goes, I have in the past, I've been guilty of that. And I see, I see where I, I messed up on that. But he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to, he goes, I'm full force. Like, we need to be the church and we need to be reaching people and telling people about Jesus. And like, he goes, and like, that's where I'm seeing like, Hey, there's like, George is like, Hey, I, I I'm excited for this. Cause I'm seeing it more and more where people are like, we're not just going to sit back anymore or, or just try to grow our church. Like we're going to reach people. And if they go to a different church, that's fine. But we're going to start reaching people instead of, uh, yeah. Just being like, how do I fill my seats? And so, pretty cool yeah that's beautiful yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have, have uh, gotten to read uh max lucato's latest book um it's called help is here and it's about the holy spirit and it's it's beautiful because i've read so many books over the years about the holy spirit but yeah. one of the things that i love he's he put it into words so beautifully um you know obviously like in the old testament there there were words um like when when uh god breathed the breath of life into adam you yeah. know, there was a word that they used that was very similar to the word when the, the upper room happened and the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, like a mighty rushing wind, you yeah. know, pneuma, uh, the, the breath of life breathed in. So he just talks about how That's we so can cool. be we can be a, a rowboat or we can be a sailboat. It's our choice, you know, and just the idea that yeah. like um, the wind of the Holy Spirit wants to blow through your life and he wants to do something incredible in your life. Um, but are you giving him the opportunity to, you know? Yeah. And so there, it's a game changer. It, cha it it takes your relationship with God to a whole new place, huh? For sure. Yeah. I think this, this, it's going to look different than it ever has before. And I mean, even, I, I think even from the pulpit, like how you're saying that, you know, that overcorrection um, and I think it's, you know, kind of shifting back the other way but where in the 90s and even the the 2000s where it got very you know the church was i guess more experiential you know and they were going for a a certain look and then you know you'd go to from church to church you know that were more um i don't know not not mega churches but just like 
they were trying to reach the younger people. So the trying to look hip and skinny jeans and all that, you know, it was, it was like, to me, it seemed like it was more going for a look than it was about the gospel. And now I'm hearing more pastors talk about we're, we're going through the Bible verse by verse or book by book. And we're really studying the word. And they, our pastor did a sermon last week that he puts some of his thoughts and ideas on the scriptures with it, but the majority of his message was just scripture after scripture and scripture backing up scripture. And I love that because that, that leaves room for, you know, that, that kind of pushes out the room for human error. Cause if you're just reading what God's word says, God's word doesn't return void. And how are you going to argue with that? You know, unless you just say, you know what? I just don't believe it. But when you're reading it, no, this is God's word. And I can go from this translation to this translation and go back to the Hebrew and it's still all God's word. And this is, you know, it's not changing. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it's, it's like with any conversation, there's, there's balance in it. Right. Cause it's like, I mm. actually agree. I think there's, you could walk into some churches and you're like, man, this feels a little bit like more like a show um, than it yeah. does like a moment where we're connecting with God. But then I think about like, all right, let's go to the Jesus people me movement that you mentioned, you know? So mm -hmm. um, there are, there's a whole <laughs> yeah. generation, you know, of people that um, they were, they were the young, like they were the skinny jeans of that day. Right. They were just like, right. The, the, you know, the, the hippies, hippies and, and sandals yeah. and, you know, all that, you know, yeah. And yeah. then God, so what, what God did is he raised up somebody that spoke their language. Um, I think yes. his name was Lon Lonnie Frisbee. Right. And so, yep. um, and he, he wasn't without his, his shortcomings, but it's like, yeah, I think God's doing a new thing in every generation. And so it's like, I applaud the desire to want to reach people in the next generation, but you can make, it's funny, like in our, in our irreligiosity, we can become religious, you know? So like, I, I it's a funny observation, but like, um, in a lot of the circles that I, I get to run in with like churches, um, like they would tell you, oh, we're not religious. We have, you know, come to one of our services and it doesn't look like that at all. But then like everybody has the same exact looking stage and everybody, you know, <laughs> they preach the same exact messages. And a lot of them, it's like, are you even like um, going to God and asking him what he wants to say? Or are you just going to like sermons.com or sermon central and you know, finding out someone else's secondhand revelation. And it's like, man, I, I think God wants to do a new fresh thing. And it'll like, I think it's going to happen in every type of church. I actually have arrived yeah. at the conclusion and I'm, you guys feel free to push back on this, but I have arrived at the conclusion that God needs all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. And I so, agree. you know, like there, there are going to be some people that they're like, um, I'll give you a great example. We have a, we were just like in the infancy stages of this, the last time we talked, but our third campus is called our traditional campus. Yeah. And if you, if you would have asked my dad 20 years ago, would you ever have a traditional campus? He would have laughed at you because to <laughs> him, it, it kind of, it would have felt like a compromise of no, like we're, we're breaking out of the mold and we don't want to look anything like tradition. But what we noticed was um, there's a whole group of people. A lot of them may be Catholic or like they come from a traditional mainline denomination and they're religious, but they don't know Jesus. And I don't want to paint the, with a broad brush that all Catholics don't know Jesus. I can yeah. just speak for my parents. 
they grew up in a Catholic church and never heard about a personal relationship with Jesus. So we're like, hey, what if we build a bridge instead of a barrier? Because some of them, they actually, the message would resonate with them. And they they would come and hear the message, but it's like the haze and the lights and the band, that's just not speaking their language. So we created, we created a whole campus that's the same message, same content, same Jesus. It's just in a package that they could receive it. And so, um, but at our Boardman campus, we have every age represented our Warren campus, every age represented tons of young people, tons of old people, seasoned saints, if you will. So like, (laughs) I think, I think like, that's the beauty of it is like a family of God ought to have every generation represented. And then, but like, one of our core values is we're not married to the method. We're married to the message. So the message is Jesus that yeah. never changes, but the method probably should change, you know? Yeah. And if yeah. we're doing church yeah. the same way 10 years from now, when my kids are taking, you know, uh, more and more leadership, um, then shame on me, you know, like the, we, we have to change so we can reach it, a world that is changing. So yeah, um, I'm agreeing with you, George. I want to say that I'm not, tr- I, I'm not trying to push back on I guess I'm saying, and yes, and amen, and here are some yeah. other thoughts that are floating <laughs> through my brain. No, I no, I, agree I think that's because yeah, I agree in, too. In Ohio, we had a like the church I was at, like, um, and I'm not trying to speak bad about them, but they did do the same thing, like x amount of years. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're always going to do it, kind of thing. And then the the son came in and was like, started playing music, and so he started playing things that were edgier i guess like hill song but like still a little bit further back hill song and you're like oh that's edgy but it wasn't really that edgy <laughs> like but people liked it and like so then the church like it helped bring in people that would have probably never came into for the traditional and like like you're saying like changing it up like um it does change things and it's not losing the message you're just changing the method and like um i remember that there was a pastor one time who was like making fun of a church that and i knew him and he was making fun of a church like in the city like the main city it was like oh they got smoke uh big screen smoke and skinny jeans like there's some saying like whatever it was yeah he's oh, like, i've heard that yeah. yeah and uh, he goes i can't believe it and he came and talked to me. He goes, well, how'd you think I did? I was like, everything was good, except you dissing another church. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, you shouldn't talk about them like that. And he, I was like, because they're reaching people you'll never reach. And you just proved that. And he was like, ouch. And like, he was mad with me. And then he talked to me like a week later and was like, you're right, man. I shouldn't have said anything. And like, they are reaching, like that, their church was growing. That's big of him like, to say that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I appreciated that he was like, he heard me. I was like, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying like, they'll reach people you'll never reach because they're trying to do things that nobody's doing in this town. And so, that's yeah, why that's beautiful. Yeah. And I've evolved yeah. on that. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, that's a beautiful thought. Go ahead, George. No, I was just going to say, I'm like, not, I, I didn't want to diss on that or anything. You were of the smoke machines and skinny jeans, but, um, it just seemed like everybody was there was there was a model there and that people were going after them that model like oh this church is doing this and they're growing you know and that and that's their brand so we're gonna follow their brand and not necessarily follow what 
God is speaking to us to do for this community because it's going to be different. You know what you're, yeah. you know, it's like, Lord, lead me in what this community needs. I don't want to grow by somebody else's vision. I want to yeah. know what your vision is for the church. I had a friend that he came in as a youth pastor to the church that I grew up in. Um, and I was working in youth ministry with him. And he was like, this is what we did in, in Indiana. And where we were at, it was in Wheaton, Illinois. And, you know, and a money town. And where he was at was, you know, it was a lot of farm towns and not a lot of money. So they had like their youth room was, you know, they had video games and pool tables and, you know, a lot of cool stuff. And then when he brought that, you know, that same kind of mentality or thought like, Hey, this is really cool. And it was, but it didn't really, didn't really speak to the youth because these video games they had in their houses, you know, that like they didn't, they, you know, it didn't bring them in. It didn't do what he thought it was going to do. You know, he was going on what worked somewhere else, but he, then he was like, you know what? I'm, you know, I thought this was going to work here and I need to refocus and pray for the vision that God has for what is needed here, you know, and that, and that shifted things. And then, and when he did that and was really speaking to the youth and, and, um, and where they were at there in that community, it started growing, you know? Yeah. So, so he was like, my, awesome. you know, my youth group back in Indiana got huge and this is what we did. So kind of taking the, the model and doing the same thing, but it really, it didn't translate, it you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, I mean, that's, that's, uh... that's my only, that, that was my thing with that. It's like, go, you don't want to go on somebody else's model, you know, maybe a good model, but you want to go on God's model. What does God have for your church, your community? Like you were saving, saying that you're not preaching on every Sunday where you're at, um, but you are pastoring and going out for coffee and, and really uh, building into the community of believers, that, of believers that you have at that church in a different way. And that's cool, you know, to be able to go, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm supposed to be at here. Um, yeah. Instead of focusing on, well, no, if, if I'm not preaching on Sunday, then I'm not a good pastor. You know, that's just not the case there. You're doing what God has you doing in that location, you know, and it's different than your other location. And then having the traditional church, you know, that's completely like, it sounds to me like it's completely different than what you have in your other two locations, yeah. but you're reaching that community that may not be reached. Like Jacob was saying, they may not be reached in any other way, you know, so yeah. to be open to that and God's moving. And that is just, that's awesome that you can have that vision where, Hey, we want to touch more people and this model isn't working for over there. So we're going to do this, you know, we're going to see God's, what God's vision is for, for our next steps. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I think, um, I think we can have a tendency. We're talking about idols earlier. We yeah. can even mm -hmm. make an, I, we can make an idol out of our model, you know? Yeah. And, it, and so it can, that's, I think at times where that, that's the rut, uh, 
you know, religion is the rut that we rely on what God used yesterday, today, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, you know, Isaiah talks about, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And then he says, do you not perceive it? You know, and, <laughs> and that really, it's like, man, um, it's not a question of, is God doing a new thing or not? It's, am I perceiving it? And I, I pray I would always be in a, a place and this is, this humbles you of like, God, help, help me to see what you're doing. I don't want to be the last one to know. And um, yeah. sometimes that has to do with methodology. It, you know, in, in many cases it does. But the thing that I've noticed, I, I was just sitting across um, from someone speaking of coffees. Um, I was grabbing a coffee with this guy. His name's Greg. He's only been at our church two weeks, been through a really, really difficult um, season, went through a divorce, just, just tough. And he grew up in a family where his dad abandoned him very young. Um, He had to take over being like the man of the house at 14. And now he's like in his late 50s and um, kind of picking up the pieces of his life. And he ends up just coming to our church. And um, he was like, I could not stop crying. This is this big old strong dude. He's got to be like (laughs) six, three, super strong, tough guy. And and he's worked construction. and, And he's like, I couldn't stop crying the whole service. I've been there twice. And he said, I just, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I prayed that prayer, you know, and got my Bible. And he's like, I can't put my, this Bible down. He's like, I've never read the Bible. And I can tell you this, like, um, I think it, it mattered a lot less to him, what songs we were singing, what style they were, how we did church. It it mattered a lot more who he met, you know, because like if we, Mm -hmm. I I think if we get hung up on the how, uh, then we forget the why. And, you know, they, we call them worship wars. How many churches have split over the silly idea of what songs we're singing and how we're doing church? Yeah. And it's such a distraction from the why that, that yeah. really we're just trying to introduce them to the who, <laughs> which is Jesus, you know, could yeah. preach a whole message on that. You could. <laughs> they're, they're making a movie called the Jesus Revolution. I don't know if you guys have seen like the commercials for it, but like yeah. it, it's based on that that time where there was hippies and all that stuff. And, uh, Greg, somebody was also a Greg Laurie. That. Yeah. Greg Laurie is a part of the movement. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just really funny to think of that and like how they were like in an old Baptist church with pews and like, uh, yeah. all of a sudden they start laying these hippies in and like, you hear complaints, like normal church complaints that you'd hear from some people. Those oh, yeah. hippies are dirty in the carpet with their bare feet. And so he starts washing their feet before they come into church. And I was like, that, that's an awesome image to see that. He's like, no, I'll wash yeah. their feet and then they can come in. And, um, yeah. and like, finally, like in one of the scenes, he's like, um, he said, like, he goes, Hey, this is going to be how it's going to be. Like, we're going to let everybody in here. And we want to be a place where the broken come to and the hurt. And he's like, mm. we want them to come in here. And if you don't like that, there's the door. And this couple mm. gets up and leaves. And so does this guy who I think is like kind of like the pillar in the church. And he moves across the section because all the hippies. I saw that. Side. And he goes, I saw it in the trailer. He goes, let's go. <laughs> like, I was like, that's so cool. Like, um, yeah, that it, gave me chills when I saw that. And like, I think of like how, how we can be that person in this time now where there are broken and hurt people that may feel like, Hey, uh, I don't belong here, but you don't need to be perfect to go to Jesus because, um, yeah, it's like somebody being like, Hey, I do, I do. I smoke all the time. Uh, pastor, can I smoke? 
Like, yeah. Pastor, can I smoke? Sure. Like, what do you want me to say? And he's like, well, I, I don't know if I could be a Christian because I'm smoking. Okay. Well, if you want to become a Christian, then you got to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And from there, you and him work it out because that's between you and him. Like, that's where people miss it. Like, hey, people are hurting and stumbling. They don't need you to be like, fix yourself, humble yourself before you ever get to even talk to Jesus. It's like, he wants yeah. you to come and <laughs> like that lady did, grab the edge of just his, even his shirt and be like, oh, I'm going to get healed and then get healed. Like she, she had probably all sorts of sins she had, but she's like, as long as I could grab it where we have a new covenant where it says, Hey, Lord, I can accept you as my Lord and savior and make you the king of my life and change everything. And does yeah. it take time for some people? Yes. And I think we lose that as, yeah. as Christians, like, Hey, some people might struggle with drugs or alcohol or porn or whatever. And it's not for us to be like, you're a dirty sinner. <laughs> you're like, Hey, Jesus redeemed you. And I know you're working on it. You need somebody to walk through it with you and to love you through, through these battles and these fights and to be there where you call and go, man, I screwed up. I messed up. All right, man. Well, dust yourself off. Let's keep moving forward. Instead of somebody being like, I can't believe you. You screwed up. Yeah. That made me yeah. think of when I was, uh, yeah. First, you know, coming back to the church and really, you know, starting, you know, having more of a relationship with the Lord. And um, I had some great, you know, Christian brothers that were in my life and, you know, and they were goofballs and, they, you know, they just, they would goof on each other and stuff and, and me and, you know, and it really helped me to realize that I don't have to be this suit and tie guy to come into church you know, and I can laugh and I can have fun and, you know, we could goof on each other a bit and, you know, and still love Jesus. And they, they were such a good influence in my life and they had some stuff too. And then, you know, for a while there was kind of riding the fence. I'd go, you know, I'd be partying the night before or whatever. And uh, I told some of these guys that and like, I was doing real good for a while. And then I was like, Hey, I went out you know, last night and was, you know, partying with these people or whatever. And, and, uh, one of my friends just, this is exactly what he said. And we're at church, but we're like in a side room and, um, you know, and I'm just being accountable to them. And he goes, do we just need to kick your ass? You know, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I wasn't expecting that. We're at the church, and that's what he says to me. But it was just like explicit. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's what I need. And that I mean, but it like just him saying that, and it kind of for one, it kind of lightened the mood. But he wasn't really like he wasn't judging me. He was just like, you know why don't you come to us before you do these things and maybe we'll help you to not do them instead of, you know, do them and then coming back, you know, to us. And, and that's um, great, you know, <laughs> but it was just like at that moment, that's what I needed. I needed, I needed someone to be real with me. Yeah. I didn't need someone to just hold my hand and go, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. 
and they did i mean they still prayed for me but i needed someone to be real with me and at that moment and sometimes we just need people to be real with us um can i share a scripture real real quick yeah um i don't know how quick it'll be but i was just reading philippians this morning philippians 4 and i don't know who this is for but i i think it kind of fits in appropriately to what we've been talking about um dear brothers and sisters i love you and long to see you uh, this is starting at verse one um i love you and long to see you for you are my joy and the reward for my work so please stay true to the lord my dear friends and now i want to plead with those two women yodia and sintish i don't know um weird names but Please, because you be- please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true teammate, to help those women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. And they worked with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And I just think what we've been talking about and how you're talking about the traditional church that you have is being considerate of others and where they're at. And then also, like he's asking um, for them to, hey, there's this disagreement going on in the church. These two women are fighting, but they're good. They're both good workers for the Lord. They both love the Lord. And, you know, and, and they brought the good news to many, but they're having this disagreement, help them work it out. And I think sometimes we will do that with other congregations, other denominations to where we'll have these disagreements, you know, but at the heart of it, we still love God and we still want to tell the good news, but we need to push past our whatever's. And then also be considerate of those in the faith. Like, okay, you may not like our smoke and and lights and, you know, and our loud music, but, you know, that's fine. We can, we can do hymns and, you know, over here and, and follow a more traditional way. And we're both still preaching the gospel, you know, like you said, yeah, it's a different look but it's the same message. Yeah. 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 That's a great thought. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So yeah. I think that this might be a great spot to uh, end the podcast. And as Joe knows, we always ask our guests if they can pray us out of the podcast. Do you have Absolutely. anything before that though? Just in case you had something. No, not at all. No, thank you guys for having me on. Thank and, you so um, much yeah, for coming. For- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, maybe I have one thing and I'll just end with this. If there are, you know, I'm sure there's a mix of all kinds of people that are listening, you know, and some might be in ministry and maybe this was helpful for them, but then maybe this would be helpful to just somebody that's just, they go to church, you know, and uh, I think I'm going to preach a message here in the near future called help. I'm church hurt. And yeah. um, I'm going to, you know, I just see that as being a huge thing that um, the enemy uses to kind of mm-hmm. steal, steal people uh, steal from them and, and uh, maybe derail their, their spiritual purpose. And so um, if that's you and you're like, man, I feel kind of stuck, 
uh, I can't encourage you enough to maybe have a conversation with somebody that can help you walk through that pain because the pain's real. And man, yeah. uh, we, we have a, one of our core values is that there's no perfect people allowed. And so um, we, we live up to that. We live up to that name for sure. You know, and so it's not if we let you down, it's when, because we're just a church full of imperfect people. Um, but actually your greatest growth will come from kind of rubbing shoulders with people that are imperfect. And yeah. so um, mm -hmm. I think sometimes uh, we, we kind of like circumnavigate and we short, we short change the process God wants to work of walking us through pain and struggle and disappointment. And that's what, you know, Matthew 18 talks about. If your brother offends you, go to them. And if they hear you, you've actually gained a, a friend, you've gained a brother in a closer, deeper sense. So like on the other side of maybe even walking through, like uh, going to them, uh, there's, there's a really a beautiful thing that happens. And I just know a lot of people, especially through the pandemic, walked through pain, disappointment, maybe someone posted something politically that you, that you didn't like. There were just a lot of reasons to be at odds with each other in 2020, weren't there? And I watched a lot of people, lifelong friends, several relationships. And then the, the sad thing is they're isolated and not doing life together. And so um, mm. God, God must have wanted me to say that to somebody. But I just want to encourage you, don't give up. Um, yes, church is the place where you're going to experience pain and hurt and rejection. But it's also the place where you're going to experience uh, beauty and joy and friendships that will last a lifetime. And um, that's God's design. And so uh, the more alone you are, the less alive you are. So don't do life alone. All right. And uh, I'd love to pray for Amen. everybody. And maybe, maybe that's you. I feel like a, a TV preacher. If that's you on the other end of the screen, <laughs> uh, no, but well, let me pray with you. And um, maybe you feel like, because you know, I just feel far from God and I don't feel like God could ever love me. I love what George was saying. It's just like you. And I think Jacob, you said it too. You don't have to clean up to come to God. God just says, come, come to me and I'll help you get cleaned up. Yeah. And, um, and so mm -hmm. he's not, you know, God loves you right where you are. He just loves you way too much to let you stay there. Yeah. And so, um, all it takes is a first step of obedience. So let me pray with you, Lord, I come before you and I thank you for every person that's joining us and watching, uh, or listening wherever they're listening from. And, um, I just thank you that you are a God that pursues us. You're not a, a far off distant God. That's unconcerned with our pain thank you that you are um you empathize with us in our pain because you're a god that's experienced pain on the deepest level and so i just thank you um that right now you would wrap your arms of love around every person that's listening make yourself real to them and if, if maybe they've been running in the opposite direction from you would you would you help them to see that you're pursuing them and to to allow you to do what you do best which is just to love us right where we are and um i thank you for um just just every person that's listening, make yourself real, make your word come alive, let it jump off of the page and help us to walk in the purpose that you have planned for us. Maybe even to forgive some people that need forgiven and ultimately so we can do what you've made us to do. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.